Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. 23-17, the Colts defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars, improving to 5-5, so we have climbed back to 500 with back-to-back wins against the Jets and the Jaguars. And yes, the Jags are now a 2-7 football team, but they were coming off a win against the Buffalo Bills when we beat the Jets last week. They were coming off a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. They had also beaten earlier in the season the Tennessee Titans. So, this is a league, the National Football League, where anybody could beat anybody. And when you go out there, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you have to win that game. So, a win is a win. You take the win. You don't apologize for it. But there's still negatives and there's still corrections you can make when you look at a win and when you look at the schedule ahead and how many teams are bunched up with three or four losses in the AFC and what it's going to take to make the playoffs. And you look, we have five teams on the schedule coming up in our final seven games that are above 500. The Raiders, the Patriots, the Patriots are playing great football now, the Bills, the Cardinals, the Bucks. So you have a lot of really good teams coming up on the schedule. And even at Jackson, it was going to be tough. We just played them close in this game, came down to the final possession. It was a one-possession game with a ball at midfield. Anything could happen, technically. When we play them in a couple weeks, Lawrence is only going to get better. They're going to get better as a team because they're a young team, first-year coach, rookie quarterback. If they're playing Week 17, that's a home game. That could be a tougher game. We haven't swept them since 2014, and they've had some pretty bad teams outside of 2018 in Jacksonville. So when you have five teams coming up that are above 500 and you have a 17-point lead against a 2-7 and seven bad football team and you win the game by six points and it's almost like a nail-biter there, it's a three-point game, in the fourth quarter, when you led by three scores and you score one offensive touchdown the entire game, it's not a good look because you're going to have to go a minimum of three and two against the five teams that are above 500, maybe even four and one against those five teams to make the playoffs. And we're currently 0 and 4 against teams that are above 500. Could we win any one of those individual games? Of course we could. But our track record shows we have yet to beat a team that's above 500. And we have five coming up. And we have to win at least a minimum of three of those games. And when you're barely beating teams like the Jaguars, and it's not like we went into the game and it was pound for pound. We went into this game and we led by 17 points. I think people are going to lose that because they're going to say, oh, well, the Bills played them close. Yeah, but the Bills didn't have a 17-point lead. If the Bills led by 17 points and had a block punt touchdown early in the game, I guarantee they win that game handily easily and for us it was a struggle as it seems to be almost every week so we do win the game a win is a win 23 17 our fifth win of the year our fifth win against teams our fifth consecutive win against teams that are under 500 so we climb back to 500 jason there's positives of course we'll get to those so i don't want to be depressing here after a win because we did win the game and that was the objective a one point win a 50 point win a win is a win but You could be realistic when you look at the remainder of the schedule, and I think that's kind of what I'm doing, or at least in my gut, that's what I feel. Yeah, it was. It's it's a weird thing to say this, but it was a it was a disheartening win, which is rare. But before I even get into the game, the positive of this is we started zero and three and one and four. We have never been at five hundred except when we were zero and zero, and now we're back to five and five. So we're in contention. That's a positive. We've won the games we're supposed to win outside. Well, I, I would say the Seahawks game. I don't know if we were supposed to win that. So, I, I mean, you know, we're five and five. 
But this game, when you get – and it just goes back to our issues that we've had all year, Luke, as far as just putting teams away. We've had problems with that all year long. It was just a continuation of that today. We jump out to a 17 nothing lead. We move the ball up and down the field, get a touchdown, get a field goal, and then we block a, a punt. And then we don't do anything basically for the rest of the game. And, and I mean, it's just, it's a disheartening because Frank Reich is an offensive coach and seemingly the Jags defensive staff did a great job adjusting to what we were doing. And we made, it looked like we just made no adjustments and we didn't take a deep shot downfield all game long, not one. And that's never good, especially with the offense that we have. We did a terrible job in pass protection. We did a terrible job picking up blitzes. We did a terrible job of calling out blitzes. One of Wentz's weaknesses as a quarterback, in my opinion, is being able to pre-snap read stuff that you should be able to pick up through film study. I thought the offensive line and Wentz as a whole did a poor job of calling out the blitzes and knowing where the pressure is coming from. I think that's on everybody. I think that's on the coaching staff. I think that's on the quarterback. I think that's on the offensive line. I think they were terrible as far as pass protection went today. Josh Allen absolutely destroyed, you know, our left tackle, and we never did give him help, and I don't understand that. But, again, it's one size fits all, so that's how we play. You know, the positives for our offense was, you know, Jonathan Taylor really blew up in the first quarter. But after that, he really, you know, no, nobody really did anything. I mean, to be quite honest with you, he had 90, I think, in the first quarter. And then I think after that, he had like, what, 22, something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the offense for me was took a huge step back today. I don't know what the problem was. I don't know what why there weren't more adjustments made or seemingly none made. But for me, the bottom line, the only reason we won this game is because our defense and special teams made plays. Defense wasn't perfect by any stretch, but they did a good enough job, especially when the offense was going three and out, three and out, three and out. And, uh, you know, they didn't allow Jacksonville to get into a rhythm offensively. So, I mean, at this point in the season, Luke, I'm still I'm still in the middle with this team. I don't know what we are. I still don't feel like they're very good because they're so inconsistent. They do things that they you know, today was was just penalties right and left, stupid Mm -hmm. penalties, holding penalties lining up off sides. I mean, just a lot of dumb stuff going on. So, I mean, I don't know what to take from this. Seri- I mean, honestly, what do we take from this? Just take the win and move on and just flush the game because, yeah. I mean, really, it was just not a good performance by the offense. And I, I don't know what to say. I really don't. I-, I don't have a lot of compliments to give them. You know, they-, they won the game. That's about all you can say. But they were in position to lose it. And it's just – that's that can't happen when you jump out to a 17 to nothing lead against a team that's won two games and is winless on the road and been atrocious. I mean, absolutely atrocious at, at, on at, on the road as a road team outside of London, but I consider London a home game for them. So, you know, when they played on the road this year, they've gotten destroyed by everybody. I mean, hell, Seattle beat them I think 38 to 7 with Geno Smith and we're we're out there struggling to just win a game. So, like you said, it's the NFL every week. You know, you don't know what's going to happen. But we did a good job on Lawrence. You know, we did a good job on Robinson. And, you know, that Lawrence had some runs, and then you know the Agnew guy went you know went nuts and had like a seventy or sixty yard touchdown. But outside of that one big play, I don't really have any complaints with the defense. The the, the biggest thing was the offense just could not get anything done after the first quarter. 
Yeah, and you look almost unstoppable after that first quarter because Taylor had, what, 100 yards on like 10 carries in that first quarter. There was one hold. He had a 30-something yard run, and there was a hold that came back. And after that, it seemed like we kind of abandoned the run for the second quarter. Now, I don't want to get on right too much for abandoning the run because Taylor finally hit the 20-carry mark. I think he had 21 carries. And whatever he had in the second half, whether it was 11 or whatever it might have been, or the second quarter into second half, maybe it was a total of 11 carries, they did a great job against them. So I want to give the Jaguars credit. They shut him down. They stopped him. They did a great job. And we just really never got anything going in the air. There was a big play to Pittman at the end of the game to pick up a first down and it was third and long and we had Wentz running around back there and he found Pittman but he finished 22 of 34 180 yards no touchdowns no picks just a super meh game Taylor finished with a great game I mean he had 21 carries for 116 yards five and a half yards per carry and a touchdown but when you break it up by quarter you break it up by half it was a tale of two halves for him, this offense and the defense are a tale of a quarter and three quarters, if you really want to break it up between the first quarter and the next three quarters. I thought Pittman was good. I mean, he had a quiet five for five, five targets, five receptions, 71 yards. The last reception was loud. That was a big play, picking up a first down, moving the chains, getting us in the field goal range, ending that drive with three points, going up six points, making it a touchdown possession for the Jags in that final possession where they couldn't just settle for a field goal and force overtime. So that was a huge play he made. Doyle had a couple of receptions. I didn't think we got Hines involved enough, but just a very, very weird vanilla-ish kind of game from the offense. And thank God Taylor had the first quarter he had because if he didn't, if he didn't have, especially that second drive where he basically brought us right down the field and the blocking wasn't even good on the last couple of plays, that he just kind of willed his way into the end zone because the offensive line really struggled as the game went on. They were awful pass blocking. The entire game, the pass pro, was awful. And the run blocking was great in the first quarter, but it got worse and worse and worse as the game went on. So it was good that we even got in the end zone once offensively in this game. And our only other touchdown came on special teams where we had the block punt touchdown. And that was big and it helped us go up 10. Then we eventually go up 17 points. We had a 17, nothing lead at home against a team that's been awful on the road all year. And it results in a six point win where you're up by three. We almost had the punt up by three. So the Jaguars could have got the ball back with three and a half, four minutes in a three point game to force overtime. Yeah, and if you think about it, we got we finally got a kicker to miss some kicks. Otherwise, it would yeah. have been a totally different end to the game. I mean, you missed an extra point. I mm -hmm. mean, missing a 51-yard field goal, he made a 56. Of, so, of course, he makes the longer of the two. Yeah, uh, so, weird. I mean, I guess missing a 51-yarder is, is not yeah. that lucky. But, yeah, and they I mean, technically got the extra point back because they go for two, so they're playing catch-up oh, and yeah. they're trying to make up Good points. Point. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just scratch that. They still miss a 51-yard field goal. If he makes that 51-yard field goal, it's either 20-20 during our last possession or it's 23-20 to during their last possession, and maybe they're not pressing as much as Chuck would say. You know, guys were pressing out there. You know, maybe he was pressing when he's scrambling around. And who was that? Was that Hurricane Dio on the strip? Yep, that was Dio on the strip. Great play by him. Great play. Um Week three of his rookie year, making plays. And Quiddy had his first career half a sack in this game as well. And I thought he was super active. I thought Quiddy looked great, even though the numbers don't entirely reflect it. I thought he was as active as he's been all year, if we want to give a couple positives in a win. 
Yeah, I thought the D-line as a whole, and really, I mean, honestly, I thought the front seven was pretty solid. It's it's crazy to say that because they had 140 yards rushing, but I think outside of that 60, and I know you can't take away the run or whatever, but outside Agnew and and uh, Lawrence, they did a pretty good job. I, I, I thought the front four was active, though. Uh, they did a really good job containing Lawrence and pressuring him. He got outside contained a couple times. And you never want to see that happen. But I, I I don't know what his stats were, but they were not good as far as Lawrence goes. They they got after him pretty good. Mm-hmm. Quiddy was active. Alquadeen was very active. Stallworth and, and all those – I mean, really all the guys in the rotation I thought were pretty active and did a pretty good job. So that was good to see. That's probably the biggest positive from this game because the Jags have a, have a decent O-line. Uh, and I thought the Colts dominated them as far as up front against the pass, I think they thought they did an outstanding job. It's it's great that we didn't have to see Gardner Minshew. We always said, Luke, when they when they got Lawrence, that no matter how Lawrence played, he wouldn't play as good as Gardner Minshew did, and that proved to be true today <laughs> as the they Colts did. did a really good job in the passing game. And, uh, you know, listen, it, it, like you said, I, I don't want to get too down about a win because it's hard to win games in this league. And I thought they did a lot of good things in special teams. And Badgley's been outstanding since he's kicked for the Colts. I don't think he's missed. And then, you know, we had a punt, another punt block for a touchdown. You know, that that's good. And and listen, there's there's positives as far as defensively. And, and uh, we got Kerry back. He didn't play great, but he got out there. And hopefully he'll be more prepared to play next week. Hopefully we came out of this game relatively uninjured. But, God, I mean, Darius went down. And, I mean – Kenny went down and so many guys went down in this game, but they did come back in and finish it out. Get Darius is just gutting this season out, man. Uh, because I, I, who knows if we stop him without him in the last, on the last possession. Uh, he knows, I think he knew how big this win was to get and, uh, they got it. And that's, what's most important. Hopefully, you know, they can come up with a good game plan and for Buffalo next week. Cause this one today was great as far as the first quarter, but the lack of adjustments, from Reich is really head scratching. Again, it really bothers me that he does not give help to our tackles. I thought today Fisher got destroyed by Josh Allen. You know, even though I don't know if Allen even had a sack, he was beating his brakes. I mean, he was beating the brakes off of him all game long. So that was that was disheartening, and he didn't help him. So that sucked. But I mean, again, I feel like the offense played probably the last three quarters of this game one of the worst games they played all year, as far as just you know. I mean, Carson was all over the place, throwing balls at weird angles and throwing it, you know, his stupid uh, tosses that he does. I mean, it's just – you can't – he's got to stop doing that. I mean, he had three of those today, didn't he, where he just threw it up? Yeah, the, the well, old... it just scares me next week because Buffalo is the best defense in the league in almost every statistical category. So, can, I felt yeah, good about the be... offense. Like, I know the Jets suck, but last week – the offense was fantastic. We won that game last week. We scored 45 points. We were hard on the defense last week. The offense was phenomenal. They were damn near perfect in that game. And now you're going into a week against the Bills where we have to go to Buffalo against the Bills. It could be cold. It's November. We're getting closer and closer to Thanksgiving in December. So that could be a cold game. It could snow in that game. And for our offense to look as bad as it did, especially the pass offense, 5.5 yards, I want to say, per passing attempt today. That's yeah, it was bad. not good. That's really yeah, bad. Yeah, it's re- really bad. And and not you know, they can't win doing that, obviously not in Buffalo, or really against anybody. 
Um, so, and, and Jason, again, it's not Buffalo because you could only play one game at a time and you could only win one game at a time. But there's a block in my head right now. There's like a little roadblock where I am jumping forward a little bit because I'm saying to myself, how can a team this inconsistent go out against five teams remaining that are above 500 and win three out of five or four out of five, which it might take to get into the playoffs? And that's a fair point. That's what I've kind of been arguing with Colt fans about this whole season. Um, you know, the ones that are trying to tell me Tennessee's no good and we're great. And Tennessee, Tennessee's, what, 8-2? and two, And we're 5-5 five and five and mm-hmm. we haven't beat anybody, I mean, worth a damn yet this year. And now they're winning games without Derrick Henry. Could you imagine yeah, and, this team? Could you imagine this team without Jonathan Taylor? Or without I mean, Pittman? Games with, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. They're winning games without Julio Jones, who's out now. He's on IR. And they're winning games without the best running back in the league. They're we lose team. games and, when we don't give Taylor enough carries. Could you imagine if we didn't have him? It's true. And we just need the Colts just need to focus on getting better every week. And I feel like that that's what I want from this team. And I just didn't see this was not a week offensively where we got better. We definitely went backwards. Yeah. There's to no be consistency. fair, to be fair, when you scored forty five points and you play as well as they played offensively last week. It was going to be tough for them to get better. So no matter what we kind of expected a step back, to me it's more about you have a 17-point lead. You don't need to go crazy offensively. If you score one touchdown after that, this is a comfortable win, and we couldn't even do that. We scored six points the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating, and, and I don't really know what to say. I, the, I mean, the penalties and, and just – the things that this team does, you just can't consistently do and be a good team. And blowing – I mean, we get these huge leads and just like, what, 17 to nothing a day, 14 to nothing against Tennessee, 22 to three against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. You can't just – and I know there, people will say, well, that was early in the game. It's still – you when you get a 14 nothing lead or a 17 nothing lead, a double-digit lead early – and you have a good team, you should be able to put a bad team like this one away. Mm-hmm. We did not do that. And we were, you know, it, it, it really just came down to the end. And the defense had to make a play, and luckily they did, and they've been doing that all year. I mean, they, I mean, 21, I think 21 turnovers now or something like that forced. So, but like you said, it should never come down to that against a team that's not only are they now two and seven, but they're horrific on, on, on the road. They're mm-hmm. terrible. They're, they haven't even been competitive. So that's the disheartening part for me. If this was a game in Jacksonville and we played and this was the final score, I, I would be happy because we just never win there. But this was in our house against this 2-7 and seven team that doesn't play well on the road. So mm-hmm. it's hard for me to be like, oh, yeah, well, all that matters is we won because this feels almost like a loss to me because we played so poorly after – we got a 17 to nothing lead, and that just can't happen. And it's gone on all year. It's been an issue all year. It's like the offense goes into reverse, and they don't do anything for two quarters. This game, they didn't do anything for three. They didn't score a touchdown after the first five minutes of this game. So I don't know what to make of it, Luke. I don't know if this is an aberration or what it is, but it was definitely not a good performance by the offense. Wentz was bad. The line was bad. You know, T.Y. did nothing in this game. But to be fair to him, we didn't throw it. We didn't really throw it down the field. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. It just was not a good performance. But, again, 
we're back to 500. That's the positive. But man, we're staring at Buffalo and Tampa. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know how to feel about that. I, I, I mean, at some point, if we want to be a playoff team, you got to be good teams, and that's what this is going to come down to. Yeah, I thought of two things while you're talking. First off, because there's going to be people saying to you, "Well, the defense also gave up what was it, 17 points when we had a 17 point lead." It's a pass happy league. It's an offensive league. It's a fantasy football era of football. There's high scoring games all over the league, so it's tough to basically just shut teams down. And the Jacksonville Jaguars came into this game with the 31st-ranked offense scoring 16.5 points per game. So we held them to about their season average at 17 points. Offensively, we scored, if you take away, not that you could take it away for the game, but the offense shouldn't get any credit for a blocked punt touchdown. That's all special teams because not only do they block it, but they also score. So all the execution is done on special teams and shout out to Zaire Franklin for the block and shout out to front of the show, EJ speed for the recovery and the tiptoe down the sideline, beautiful return to get into the end zone. That was huge. God knows you could give us ball on the two yard line and we might not get in. So that was a huge play on special teams by a couple linebackers finding a way to score seven points. But if you take away those seven points, so we score 23 for the game, we're down to 16 points. We actually get outscored by the Jaguars 17-16, if you want to think about it like that and start to play the numbers game. But that's a Jaguars defense that allows, and I know Buffalo last week, they struggled. They only scored six points, so it could happen. But that's a Jaguars defense who allows 26.5, 27 points per game, and we scored 16 at home. And they struggle can't on the road. So yeah, it can't happen. It can't happen. And that was point one. And my other point was, you just brought it up with the blown leads, right? We had a double-digit lead against the Ravens, you said, a 14-point lead against the Ravens. And then the Titans, we had another 14-point. No, we had a 16-point lead against the Ravens, 14-point lead against the Titans. Today, 17-point lead. We won one of those games. We lost two of those games. What is the difference between the win and the losses? Teams are playing are good. Yep. The two teams that we lost to in those games, because all three teams technically came back. The two teams we lost to right now are playoff caliber teams that are above 500. The team that we beat is sitting at two and seven. When you look at our overall record, we are five and one against teams under 500. We are 0 and four against teams above 500. It's the same damn thing. Whether we're up by 16, 17 points or it's a tight game throughout, or we have to come from behind, we beat the bad teams, we lose to the good team. So, again, yeah, last week, I said it last week, we found a way to win. Today, we found a way to win. We only find ways to win against the bad teams. We don't find ways to win against the good teams. And that's a huge, huge problem. And I shouldn't be that hung up when we're talking Colts-Jaguars, but it's kind of hard not to be when it is a consistent theme throughout the season from week one to now i mean it's like i've always i've been saying this all year until we beat until the colts beat a team that's good i'm just gonna think they're an average team and i caught a lot of crap on twitter for saying that but until you you can't win 10 games against 10 teams that are below 500 and be a good team that's not a good team like if you lose all the games to teams that are actually good honestly it's just the team has to find a way to get it done against the teams that matter. New England, that's going to be a, a tiebreaker game. The Raiders is going to be a tiebreaker game. The Bills, I mean, the Bills and the, the Patriots are right on the Bills' heels. 
to win that division, and they they still play them twice, and they're getting better. So that could be a that could be a tiebreaker game too, Luke. Yep. Next week, so oh, absolutely. So we we have to find a way to play a sixty minute game. And it can't be a 60-minute game against Houston. It has to be a 60-minute game against a team like Buffalo, a team like Tampa, a team like the Patriots. Those games are not – people are acting like the Patriots suck. The Patriots are not a bad team. Like somebody in the comments of one of our videos recently were like, I don't know why you're scared of the Patriots. I'm not scared of the Patriots, but I'm simply saying they're good. They kicked the crap out of a team out of the, the Browns today. Yep. I mean – 40 I think it was 45 to 7 and they're 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 like what I wish the Colts were. They started off slow. They lost to the Dolphins, but they've gone straight up. They're skewing upward. Yep. We're skewing we go down or in the middle. We we have it really skewed upward because we haven't beat anybody. So next week is a huge game, man. They have to find a way to stay in that game for four quarters and find a way to win it at the end. And the only way I see that happening is if the Colts can somehow establish the run, stay with it, and keep Allen off the field. And that's that's really going to be, for me, going forward, the key for this team winning these games against good teams is they're going to have to lean on their best players. And Naheem Hines, Frank has got to find a way to utilize Hines, Taylor, Pittman in the same game. He still hasn't done it. He still hasn't done it. He got he gets two out of the three, but he can never get all three. And until he does, man, this team's not going to reach his potential. It's just not. I agree. I agree. It's frustrating when you're saying the thing about the line. They've definitely had a straight line up trajectory, and we've kind of just been like, you know, one step forward, one step back, one step forward, one step back. And it's just kind of been the same thing. We play a good team, we know the result. If we play a bad team, we know the result, and we kind of know the flow of the game and how it's going to play out. And we're five hundred. Exactly, and it's hard to feel. And, and like, I'm not trying to be super negative, but it's hard to feel positive going forward with what we've seen. Yeah. Because even when we play a good team, Luke, and we jump out and we're like, "Wow, we're really playing great football." I mean, you look at the the, the Raven game, twenty-two to three, we blow that. You look at the 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 Titan game, fourteen nothing, absolutely piss that away. So and we play and Wentz plays his worst game of the year in that game. Yep. So and that game and this game we're both at home. Yeah, that's yes, absolutely. And the only reason, I mean, I, it's just deep breath, take a deep. Yeah, breath. exactly. I, I just I'm very frustrated. I thought we would be further along. Me but. too. Well, because that's another underlining. Like if we're sitting down at therapy right now and the therapist is like peeling back the layers to this current state we're in. One of the things the therapist will eventually hit on is this is year five of Chris Ballard building this roster, and this is year four of Coach Reich coaching this roster. So to be stuck in this purgatory limbo of you beat a bad team, you lose to a good team, you beat a bad team, you blow a 14-point lead to a good team is extremely disheartening. I understand Andrew Luck retired. I understand Philip Rivers retired. Like I understand that we've had a couple different roadblocks along the way. But we keep getting the hand-selected, hand-picked quarterback that the coach wants, and we're sitting in this purgatory at 5-5. Five and five. And yeah, it's a 5-5 five five where we haven't played 10 good teams and we beat five of them. We've beaten bad teams. We've lost to good teams. And I'm going to keep saying it until that changes. And I hope we keep beating the bad teams and eventually we blow the bad teams out like we did to Houston. 
But, I mean, eventually, and I know, like, again, I know we couldn't beat a good team today because we didn't play a good team, but we could have blown the doors off the Jags up 17, and our feeling would probably be a little bit different. After scoring 45 points against the Jets, if the defense played better today, which they did, and the offense could have played similar to how they played last week, I would feel a lot better going into Buffalo. And now I just watched Buffalo blow the doors off the Jets without their defense taking the foot off the gas. So... These are things you have to think about because we record weekly podcasts and we talk about game by game, but there's also a season arc. And it's very difficult for me personally not to look at the season arc. Well, Luke, you're just speaking facts. I mean, the team hasn't beat anybody good. And listen, we only play two crappy, two more crappy teams out of the what? How many we got left? Eight? Mm -hmm. Or seven? No, we We have have seven seven left. We have seven left. So we have Houston's a lock. You can't lose to Houston. I think it's actually physically impossible at this point. So take Houston aside. That's a win. Outside of Houston, we have six games at Jacksonville, which I don't think is going to be easy. And then we have five games against teams that are above 500. We have Raiders AFC game. We have Bills AFC game. We have Patriots AFC game. We have Cardinals. We have Bucks. We we need to to go a minimum of three and two in those five games plus the Jags win. So you need to go a minimum of four and two in those games plus the Texans win. So a minimum of five and two the rest of the way. I would agree. And I think the most important games of the season are the three uh, against the Raiders, the Patriots and the bills because of tiebreaker purposes. If we lose any of those games, it could kill us. We could end up, even if we end up winning 10 games, that loss to that one team could keep us out of the playoffs. I don't think 10 gets you in. I don't at 10 and seven. You don't think that gets you in? Well, at ten and seven, I guess it really depends on the wins and loss. Like ten and seven with a Bucks loss and a Cardinal loss, I think it's very possible. Because at that point, you'll have a Patriot head to head, you'll have a Raider head to head, and you'll have a Bills head to head. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying because I'm saying yeah, no doubt. I'm just saying ten and six doesn't get you in. Ten and six. With the right, like it has to be the right 10 and 6 to get you in. It doesn't automatically get you in because last year, with one less loss because there was 16 games, last year 11 and 5 almost didn't get you in. So last year 10 and 6 didn't get you in. There was a 10 and 16. The Dolphins went 10 and 6 and they missed the playoffs. This year's 10 and 6 is 10 and 7, or this year's 10 and 6 might be the equivalent of like last year's 9 win team which was two games removed from making the playoffs with that seventh spot. So last year we had a seventh spot. This year we had a seventh spot. The AFC is very good, very deep. One of our advantages is, like today, Cleveland had to lose because they played the Patriots. Somebody had to lose that game. So you're going to see a lot of that because right now, I don't know about right now because Pittsburgh had a tie and a couple weird things happened today, but coming into today, all four teams from the West were ahead of us and all four teams from the North were ahead of us. All those teams play each other. So the North, they play the other North teams. The West, they play the other West teams. The Bills and Patriots, they might have another game against each other. As for the Colts, we're done with the Titans. And our three coming into today remaining divisional games were Jaguars, Texans, Jaguars. Three extremely winnable games. When you look at the Ravens' schedule, they have to play those three teams in their division that are all playoff caliber teams. They have to play the Steelers. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to lose. They have to play the Ravens. Or the Ravens have to play the Bengals, vice versa, the Browns. They all have to play each other. When you go out west, it's the same thing with the Chiefs, with the Raiders, with the Chargers, with the Broncos. They all have to play each other. So 
when you look at those teams, that's an advantage for the Colts because we're not in one of those jumbled messes. We have to play head-to-head games, and of course we have to go out and we have to beat the Bills, we have to beat the Patriots, we have to beat the Raiders, but we don't have those division games stacked against us the way some of those other teams do on top of playing out of division games that could also be tiebreakers. So right now, flip a coin, I don't know if 10 and 6 just gets you in if it's the right 10 and 6 and we lose those two nfc games i would lean towards you could get in but i don't think it's a lock 10 and 6 might oh, not no, it's, 10, 10 and 7 not might not be out right you might need no, to win you might need to win 11 to get in if we need to win 11 this oh <laughs> uh, yeah that's not gonna happen i i, I mean I then you have to go a... then you have to go six and one the rest of the way yeah i think 10 is a stretch honestly but you know at least we're I mean, the way this – I look at it like this. The way the season started, 0-3, 1-4, I mean, to be 5-5 five and five and even have a chance, I guess, is is better than what where I thought we could end up, you know, based on how we started the year because it was just awful. The first yeah. three games were just bad, but it is what it is. It is what it at. is. I mean, I agree with you. The only thing is when we were sitting at 0-3 – Looking from where we were there to now, knowing we had Jaguars, Jets, and Texans, those three almost don't like those were. I mean, we were a team that came into the season expecting playoffs. So those three wins I expected. The Dolphins looked awful, so I expected to win that. I mean, we're basically game by game, we're kind of where we thought we'd be. I mean, you're right on the money. What are you, eight and one now on the year? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the. The second Titans game just killed just killed us. Oh, yeah. That that loss and the Ravens loss, I think in the end are what we're gonna look back at this year and be like, yeah, that was that that was those were the two games oh, course, that really yeah. killed us. Absolutely. But we're still in it and we still have a chance. That's all you can really ask for, big picture wise. As far as this game goes, I, the only thing I take away from it really is is we won. And the special teams really won us this game with that one play because if we don't get that, uh, it's – it's I don't know if we win it. So I don't know if you want to do your player of the game first, Luke, or if you want me to do yeah, it first. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'll go with somebody on the defensive line. Buckner gets it a lot. We give it to him a lot. I'm thinking maybe Quiddy Pay he was active, but I think I'm going to go with Stallworth because we never talk about him. He's been pretty solid all year. He was solid again today, so I kind of want to give it to somebody to represent that front seven, and I'm going to go with Stol- – I want to give it to somebody to represent that front seven, so I'm going to give it to Stolworth because he's a guy that's not going to get a lot of these. So I think he's deserved that. I thought he played well. I Did he have a sack? I don't know if he had a sack, but extremely active, a couple big tackles for loss. He had a really good game a couple weeks ago. I think he had two sacks. I think he had two sacks. Was it the Titan game? It was a game where we like never talked about it because we were so negative when we came on the podcast, so it must have been that Titan game. But it was definitely, I think, in a loss where he played really good. So I just want to give him a little bit of shine, a shout-out. But all those guys up front, I thought Buckner was good. I thought that Quiddy was good. Dio had the game-winning, clinching strip on Lawrence. So any of those guys up front. I'll give it to Stallworth to represent the front seven. Yeah, I'm gonna do a chuck move. I'm gonna I'm gonna split my game ball, or I'm gonna give a game ball to two people. I think the two biggest plays of the game were the block punt and the play by Dio at the end to strip the ball. So I'm I'm gonna go. I'm, maybe I'll split it in three ways, Luke. I'm gonna give Zaire a, a game ball for blocking the punt. 
I'm going to give EJ a game ball for picking up the punt and scoring on it because he very easily could have got tackled. Who knows if we score there the way our offense played. And then I'm giving Dio a, a game ball for the strip. I want to give – I mean, those three guys are rarely going to get game balls, so I, I, I want to give I want to give them all one because I feel like yeah, well, those three guys made the biggest place of the game. Yeah, hopefully Dio is a guy who has many, many, many for the culture player of the game awards, player of the game, whatever we call it, going forward. But you're right, yeah, well, in the, the short other, term. The other two. The other yeah. two. I mean – well, also give it. Team. How about give one to Komoku Ture as well for recovering the fumble? That way, we have two friends of the show who came on the podcast that both get game balls that both recovered fumbles today because Ture had one and EJ had one with a crazy return to get into the end zone. Yeah, if Chuck was giving out game balls for this game, he would have given one to the entire offense. <laughs> oh, if Chuck were to give a game ball to listen, offensive line for the Pash Pro run block in the first quarter, whatever, guys. But uh, that Pash Pro was great. 12 was running for his life. I loved it, guys. <laughs> Andrew, Pash out the game balls. <laughs> he got sacked 10 times. Well, he should be used to it by now. Remember that one? Yeah, oh, yeah. Listen, it's, uh, we got OxyClean. Jersey's going to be fine. Playing indoors on turf. Oh. Roof's closed. A little bit of snow outside. It's slushy, guys. <laughs> Windshield wipers. Ear motion blinders. Luke, Luke, you do love those S's with Chuck. You love the, you love the S's. Listen, listen guys. guys, I love the S's. I He's, love, listen, I love that's the what he did. That's how he talked. A, B, C. I like the A, B, C's, but S is my favorite because I love my S's. A, listen, B, C, easy as one, two, three. <laughs> I think we've officially uh, come to the end. Well, my podcast. favorite number is six because I got to say <laughs> twice. <laughs> I think we've come to the end of the podcast, Luke. We're doing we're doing uh, stand up comedy now, so it's true. It's true. Jason wants to wrap up because Syracuse plays tonight. After giving a game ball to Syracuse alum, Zaire after Franklin, give, Zaire yes. Franklin, now he has to get ready for some Cuse hoops. So actually, we'll it's twenty three. It's twenty three eighteen right now, Luke. The uh, Cuse has a five point lead. Okay, so who are they good. playing? Drexel. Well, they are playing Drexel. Correct. What's that like a forty point spread? Maybe. 15 oh really yeah i don't right. think drexel's that bad but whatever we're, we're getting out of uh we're getting away from the topic in hand. <laughs> my, my sure. fi- let me just say my final yeah, thoughts wrap up thoughts my wrap-up thoughts are, are simple we won the game that's really despite us being frustrated and all the other stuff that we've talked about in this podcast which is all true the bottom line is we won if we would have lost <laughs> our season would have been in the toilet we won that's all that matters now we move on to buffalo but there, there is no question that this this team has to find a way to step up and play, and I think they will. They certainly have played to the level of their competition this year. They haven't been blown out really in any game, so I think they're going to play well in Buffalo. I think they're going to bounce back next week. The question is, can they be consistent enough to pull the upset off? And as of this point, they haven't been. So as far as this game goes, it's a win. No one's going to remember it in three weeks. doesn't matter. It's in the win column. They got to get healthy, get ready to play, and play a really tough Buffalo team on the road this week. But it's a game they can win. If you look at who Buffalo's beaten this year, their best win is over a eh, meh Kansas City team. Mm-hmm. So, listen, we got a shot. That's all you can ask for, especially the way we started. It was good to win today. A couple guys made big plays, and that was the difference in the game. And that's what you got to do when you don't play your best. And that's what we did today. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'm in the same boat wrapping it up here. One thing I'll add is my frustration is not even about today's game as much as it's about my Chuck Pagano crystal ball. When I look forward, I just don't like our chances, not against Buffalo or Tampa or the Cardinals or the Raiders or the Patriots in one game. I think we could go out and we could win any of those individual games or two of those games. I just don't know if the team that we've watched through 10 games now, which is a pretty large sample size when you only play 17, it's not the NBA where you play 82, it's not the MLB where you play 162. You're talking about a 17-game season and a team that's already played 10. So we've had a large sample size of games now for the short-season sport that we cover. And when I look forward, I just don't see a team... If we were able to go out today and just completely bulldoze them, I still wouldn't have proof of concept against good teams, but I would feel a little bit better. I just keep feeling like I'm in that wishy-wash stage where I'm happy we won. God knows this would have sounded a hell of a lot different had we have lost this game. So you take the win. You don't apologize for it. But eventually, we got to get better. I mean, you have to see improvements. You have to see consistency. The only area this Colts team is consistent is being inconsistent. We're consistently inconsistent. We do the same thing against the bad teams. We do the same thing against the good teams. We kind of play to the competition of whoever we play. And the results are based on if the other team's good or not, period. And that's... All I have to say. I think that's how I'm wrapping this one up. Jason, we'll be back with our game preview Colts Bills week 11 on maybe Thursday of this week. That's my man, Jason Spears. I am your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast.